Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love the Zeta Project podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 136 The Next Gen and Westbound. Hi, pals. It's uh, week three of Zeta. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And, uh,. Yeah, the show continues to have existed. Just uh, keeps right Zeta-ing on. Uh-huh. We'll keep watching this show, Maggie. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. It, it was fine. It was, mm-hmm. I, it's, I'm, not, I'm not suffering. This isn't agony. But Oh, uh, no, it's certainly not Enterprise. We were talking about that before geez. the show. No, I'm, but I'm trying to think of things on this show mm-hmm. that we've watched that, that we've had to endure so far. And not, nothing really. No, not really. I mean, there's been some duds in all the series. But, sure. Uh, I think uh, uh, once we stopped having to watch the DC movies, uh, oh, it yeah. got a lot better. That's true. Um, oh, and I wanted to say, um, mm-hmm. if you are a new listener, which I think we might have a few of now, Ooh, uh, welcome. Yeah. Sorry to be dissing the show that maybe brought you here. Um, I've noticed on Twitter a couple of times when I've tweeted about the Zeta Project uh, I've, I don't say, I won't say it's gone viral because that would be way overstating. It's, it's mm. gone like sniffles. Sure. But you know, like, like maybe 50, uh, uh retweets and likes like oh, enough fun enough to say, okay, there's clearly a small contingent of like passionate Zeta fans who see someone's talking about our show. Hey, mm-hmm. cool. And uh, it's happened a couple times now, so possibly that's led you to our show. And if so, welcome. And sorry we have mean things to say about it, but we call them like we see them. Yep. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I'm still enjoying myself. Yeah. No, it's, it's look, it, it continues to be just a perfect amount of Saturday morning cartoon. Like, it really does just take me back to when I was a kid. This is all. This is absolutely the type of show I watched every week. Yeah, and because of the age divide, this is not exactly like the kind of thing I grew up with. Sure, but you know, it's still enjoyable enough. It's. I mean, I think you'll agree. The problem this week was both of these episodes featured the uh, prominent return of a character we didn't particularly care to see. Boy, you ain't kidding. They've built a rich tapestry, mostly of people that I don't want to hang out with. Fortunately, our two protagonists are good, but mm-hmm. the, the supporting cast so far couldn't just go away. Yeah, their their rich tapestry is the rug I use to wipe up my bathroom floor. It's not, you're not supposed to use tapestries for that, Maggie. There's there's towels. I will use this tapestry, I'll tell you that much. If it's mm. the Bucky and West tapestry, mm. which first of all, why did I buy this? Yeah. <laughs> Who thought this was a good idea? Uh-huh. Back when we did sketch comedy, that ended up being, I don't think it was even intentional, but that ended up being a punchline of so many sketches. Who yep. thought this was a good idea? It, probably because we were exploring some dumb premise and the only logical conclusion was, who thought this was a good idea? I mean, that pretty much sums up our entire endeavors. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Not Endeavor, though, oddly. No, not Endeavor. Yeah. Um, that's anyway. our sarcastic voyage. Yes. Speaking of Star Trek shows we're not watching right mm-hmm. now, why don't you tell us what happens in the next gen? Oh, boy. So we open on, oh, my God. Bucky's back. Bucky, incredibly annoying tween genius or tweenius <laughs> who tried to enslave Zeta and commit murders right up until he got caught and then instantly said that he never meant to kill anyone. Bucky, oh, oh fuck me. Anyway, Bucky's back. He's been grounded for, I don't know, pissing off a nun like he pisses me off or something. Anyway, 
Bucky finds out that Zeta Mark II, I think that's an Epsilon. I failed that episode of The Simpsons where they tell you about Roman numerals. <laughs> and that it's been assigned to execute some gun seller named Defloris, a.k.a. the Merchant of Death, out in the Caribbean. Zeta and Rowan's intercept the order and head out to save Defloris because apparently Zeta needs to save anyone menaced by a robot. That's a weird flex, but whatever, dude, go off. Zeta and Row are stopped from boarding their plane by Bucky, who uses his speaking spell from last week to hack the airport until they let him come, o- come along so that he can steal the Mark II. Zeta seems to be fine hanging out with this psychotic little turd bucket that enslaved him last week, but he's a sad robot, so his judgment has never been good. Row, on the other hand, uh, takes his toys away, and that is why I love her. Anyway, they all arrive in the Caribbean and sneak onto Deflores' island by Zeta turning into a bunch of guards and a sexy lady. Because it's, for him, it's so goddamn fucking easy. Has this joke gotten old yet? I'm going to be using it a lot. (laughs) Zeta tries to save Deflores. The Mark II arrives. Everyone runs around for like ten whole goddamn minutes. And then Zeta blows up Deflores' stockpiles. My stockpiles! He yells. Deflores goes to jail, Ro and Zeta go to the next town with, for an adventure, and Bucky goes to fucking hell. Later, the Mark II thrusts its arm out of its grave like it's the end of Carrie. <laughs> Thrust. <laughs> Actually, Amanda's reaction uh, to the very end of this was, Carrie! And I was like, what are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> oh, it carried right through that hole in the ground. Is So, no other movie before or since has had uh, a final beat where you see that the villain's still alive. It's only only the movie Carrie. Uh, yes, it is only the movie Carrie. I'm sorry you had to find out this way, Al. This is a, it's a very specific reference for that thing I've seen mm-hmm. so much. It's a good it's all... movie. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. You want to watch a teen girl look at things and a car flips over? You're going to have a good time. Well, I mean, I watch soaps, so I see these things a lot. <laughs> um, you do see these things a lot, it turns out. I've been, like, following you watching soaps and just like, what the fuck's happening now? Oh, I don't. Oh, boy. That could be a whole other thing in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I need to take issue with your summary because you left out a very important thing. Oh, what was that? Uh, well, when they arrive in whatever Caribbean, and I don't remember if it's a real country or made up country mm-hmm. or if, if they even say, but uh, at their destination uh, and they don't want uh, Bucky to come along with them. Mm-hmm. Zeta uses his little scene uh, glue ray. Oh, yes. To stick Bucky to the docks, and then they just leave him there. That is so fucking funny. And also, and I hate Bucky, but I have got to say that this is funny. When he shows up later, he's holding a crowbar and still has a piece of wood stuck to one of his Oh, shoes. no, he's got two planks of the docks stuck to his feet because that's how he got up. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, and but seriously, though, one, I didn't realize Zeta had a, I don't know if it was a glue gun, like... I think the move was that they were trying to, he was trying to weld his feet to the yeah. thing, but they're made of wood, so obviously no. But also, you were just going to leave the child yeah. there on the dock. In a foreign country, you know what? I'm fine with this, honestly. But putting aside that it's Bucky, mm-hmm. you're just going to leave a child. I mean, this is not a good child. This child, de- as I said, I this kid that. did try to kill somebody last week. And then when he got caught, was like, I never tried to kill anybody. Who, I mean, every child acts like that. Mm-hmm. That is a child's reaction to getting caught. Mm-hmm. You know this. I'm sure yep. you did the same thing. Sure, but I also never tried to kill anybody that I can remember. Mm. I mean, I didn't try to kill anybody. <laughs> I think the basic premise of this episode, mm-hmm. the um, Zeta discovers another kill bot who still kills, is trying to kill someone and tries to stop it. That should have been the show. Fuck the NSA. Fuck being chased by the cops. I like this pacifist trying to not only undo what he's done, but actively undo what 
other robots like him are doing. Like, that's a very good thing to drive the series. That's a gr- that is a great angle. Like, and yeah. I, I really wish this episode, too, had focused on that a lot more. Just like, yeah, wh- why on earth are you taking this on? I have to. Yeah, look, I've I've uh, become enlightened, but other robots have. And maybe that's part of his thing too. Is he going to try yeah. to convince these, like, try to, I don't know, download the code into them that makes them realize that killing is wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Uplo- uploading mm-hmm. conscience. Mm-hmm. But uh, Boy, this would have been so much easier for Pinocchio. <laughs> but father, <laughs> I really, I don't know. I like that as a as a motive, and I hope it continues. Um. I also liked, and this is my good thing, mm-hmm. uh, Diedrich Bader did the voice of the Killbot as well. Yeah, it rules. And I like the idea of all, like, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an upgraded model. This is like the the T-1000 to his T-800. Yeah. Like, it's it's new and improved, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, I, I like the idea that they all have the same sort of, like, uh, uh, voice schematics or whatever. Mm. But uh, this is your good thing, that robot. I love that robot. Zeta 2, Hyper Zeta, uh, mm-hmm. has a really good design. Um, like, most of it's just robot, but, like, he, I am a huge fan of his big dump truck head. Mm-hmm. And the way his mouth just sort of, ha- he's got, like, a real, like, uh, Cliff from Doom Patrol head with, like, the big yeah. fucking um, jaw. And there's his a bit mouth- of that. I would say there's also a bit of early Ultron in there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like his mouth just kind of hangs open when he's not uh, doing anything, and it's really funny. Yeah, no, I love it. It's great, but also mm-hmm. menacing. It's funny, yeah, but not in a way that undercuts the the scariness, which is a hard line to walk. Yeah, it's like, oh, this dope is gonna tear me apart. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you make it too funny and too ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't take it seriously seriously as a threat anymore, and that that's not what happened. Yeah, so that's good. No, it was great, and he's like twice the size of Zeta. It, like. Mm-hmm. It's not bothering to disguise itself as anything. It is a big fuck-off killing machine that's twice the size of a human. It, like, at one point it turns into another person and it shrinks, like, half itself. I mean, Zeta does this all the time, too. He disguises himself as children and, and, you know, small things a lot. But, like, I can sort of picture him, like, uh, just make my legs a little short. He's got, like, bender arms and legs. They just sort Mm -hmm. of go in and out. Well, I mean, we've we've remarked on Zeta's like go go gadget arms a bunch. So, oh yeah, you know, they've got the telescoping limbs. I really wish the Zeta project was about Bender. <laughs> well, it's about an early version of Bender. We're only in the twenty first century here, and uh, you know, you got you got many centuries to go. We'll find your freedom, B. Yeah, whatever. Donk donk. <laughs> I'm thirty percent killbot. Donk donk. <laughs> uh. So what was your bad thing? Uh, As if I didn't know. Yeah, look, um, it's subtle because I'm a subtle woman. Um, Mm -hmm. Fucking Bucky's back. It's been one episode. It had actually been two, but like since for us, for for us, it had been one episode. Like it's one episode, and Bucky's back, and he's fucking as irritating as before, if not more. So I just I fucking hate this kid. It opens with his stupid fucking face blowing up a fucking closet or something, and someone dragging him out by the ear and going, "Oh, Bucky, you're in trouble." And I'm like, "Is this the Bucky show starring Bucky? I fucking did not sign up for this shit." I I agree with you. First of all, there was someone actually taking a firm hand with him. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 said she was a nun. I don't I don't think she was she's, a nun. She's but, a science uh, nun now. Okay, science nun. I'll buy mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um I think they just call those scientists though. Mm-hmm. Women can be scientists too, Maggie. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. Uh, all right. 
Um, but she obviously had no time for his bullshit. I liked mm-hmm. I liked this woman tremendously. Whatever whatever title we decided to bestow on her. Yep. And uh, our mother of science. Mm-hmm. And I figure that he wouldn't like. He was going to be like a, I don't know, like a Hannibal Lecter guy that we had to come to to get advice from mm-hmm. or something. Like, he wouldn't be able to go out into the world was my interpretation of the first scene. It was like, mm-hmm. like maybe they need some need his help, but he's grounded or whatever. That would have mm-hmm. been funny. <laughs> Quid pro quo, ro. ro. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, South Park has also done that joke. But that's Oh, okay. yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but instead... Somehow being grounded equals going just uh, hopping on a plane. Mm -hmm. They take his computer away and put him in his room. And so he gets out his other computer and leaves his room. Amazing. I mean, I don't know. I definitely there was a certain point in my life where I knew my parents were going to take a thing away. So I made sure I had another one. Sure. But, you know. I I don't like Bucky at all. I'm not as passionately against him as you are, but. there's certain things I find just as his his general childness I find kind of relatable as all. Mm-hmm, fair. I just like his general assholeness. Like, oh no, I I completely agree. And the voice actor really sells it to the mm-hmm. point where I hate him too. Yeah, he exudes I'm the smartest person in the room, and I know it. And he's yep. not the smartest person in the room. Usually not, because he's usually in a room with an actual computer, mm-hmm. an actual walking computer who talks and has yeah. a conscience. Yep. We download um, a conscience into Bucky. Also, his name's Bucky. Yeah, I know. That made sense in the '40s when mm-hmm. you were naming a character that you just had to stick with that name forever. But yeah. now there's no excuse for it. Yeah, I will shut up, Bucky. I will give them a little bit of credit mm-hmm. because why? This is sort of a, 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 a double-edged coin. Um, the, a coin. It's a, it's a coin that you sharpen to an edge. Um, that's a thing. I, oh, okay. We are criticizing them bringing back characters we don't like, which is, mm-hmm. which I think is a valid criticism because we don't like them. But on the other hand, they are doing a very good job of continuity. That is true. That, it, that There is a surprising amount of continuity for this, like. Yeah. Like, while we don't particularly care for what they're doing with this power, they are using it responsibly. Mm-hmm. Like, they, hey, it's this guy again. Uh, I mean, I guess it is that guy again. Like, things that happen in previous episodes affect subsequent mm-hmm. episodes, which we've only seen smatterings of through all the other series so far. Yeah. This, it's, they're really getting their shit together on this front, and I got to give them credit for that. And I mean, like, again, this is like back when this was not something that happened in every TV show, you know? Plus, this show was never hugely popular, so no. children probably had to really work to seek it out. And so mm-hmm. it probably was very easy to miss an episode. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, when you get to Justice League, that show was, a, like, a big, like, Cartoon Network made a big deal out of it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, they serialized, but you knew it was going to be on, I don't know, Saturday night at 8 or whatever. Yeah. Every time. Yep. Whereas this show, I don't know, maybe And you got to be home at Saturday night, uh, Saturday night yeah. at 8. Or, by that point, TiVo was a thing. That's true. We didn't have it, but it was a thing. I was still yeah. trying to set up a VCR. Mm. Uh, program for 8 o'clock. Oh, God. Damn it, Grandma. <laughs> Boy, you know, you can do a lot of things, but you just can't reprogram your darn VCR. Do you need me to come over and set this up for you like your microphone? <laughs> Al, it's been stuck on 12 o'clock for two years. Your microphone? Yes. Come on, you're better than Flonk. I mean, that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every day I get up, look in the mirror and go, Maggie, you're mm-hmm. better than Flonk. Well, that's true. Hi, Flonk. <laughs> Sometimes that's the, the only motivation you, you can muster. You yep. Know? 
Uh, so my bad thing for this episode. Mm-hmm. Ro tries to talk Zeta out of his mission. Yep. By saying, look, if the government wants to kill this guy, he's obviously guilty. Ro, buddy, uh-huh. I thought we were on the same very cynical page here. What I like about you is you don't trust people. Yeah, like, what? Government knows what they're doing. Oh, boy, Ro. The government's chasing you and your friendly robot friend. They do not know what they're doing. Yeah, like also, what the government employed West. Uh-huh. And continues to employ West. Yes, they haven't fired his ass yet. No. He's probably somebody's kid or whatever, but still. Did the Flash become president or something? Who knows? President? <laughs> president? You know how much power I'd have to give? Okay. <laughs> and then he ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put in my notes here. Is Bucky his arch nemesis? And you, uh, we occasionally note each other's notes. Yes. And you put, he's my arch nemesis. <laughs> That's very good. There's <laughs> so a lot of uses of oranges as uh, weapons. There's a whole action sequence at the beginning of the episode that's just about throwing oranges at people. I will. It's not just oranges. There's also bananas. Oh, yes, that's right. I will give them credit for uh, another thing here, which is subverting the usual trope of, oh, boy, an action sequence is going toward a fruit cart. No, the fruit is an active part of the action yep. sequence here. It's not just for a car to crash into. It's the they're projectiles. Mm-hmm. It's a good job. Uh, when we meet DeFloris, the mm-hmm. the. Now, he's obviously a drug kingpin, right? Yes. He's got that. Couldn't say what it is. Well, that's the thing. It's like we can say he sells guns. We can't say he sells drugs. You know, it's like one of those weird standards and practices lines you got to walk. But you called this out in your summary. He says, my stockpiles, Mm -hmm. my nouns. (laughs) Like he very specifically does not say what the objects are. The thing I love is it cuts to his stockpiles, his titular stockpiles. And it's a lot of boxes with the word explosives written on it. And big capital letters. And I want to be very clear on here on this. An exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's. Pretty clear we are in a Spanish-speaking country, so Mm -hmm. there should also be an upside-down exclamation point there, and I'm disappointed that they didn't uh, Mm -hmm. give it that level of uh, detail. Um, but, uh, the, the reason I bring him up is he, it, it was really bugging me because physically, okay, he, uh, he's voiced by a guy we've seen pop up in these a bunch, which is Stacy Keach. He's yeah. got a good, he's got a good villain voice. Oh yeah. But, uh, he looked like the model looked a lot like a character actor. I've seen a bunch, mm-hmm. a, a Latino character actor. I've seen a lot and I looked him up and I finally found him. Uh, it's Miguel Sandoval and mm-hmm. I put a picture of him in the doc, which, uh, doesn't help any of the listeners. It's just for you, Maggie. Basically. I mean, and it doesn't help me either. I have face blindness. Oh, that's true. I had to, <laughs> well, uh, I definitely have seen this guy in something. I could not tell you what. He's though. a he's a middle aged uh, Latino character actor who usually plays drug lords. Let's see here, Miguel Sandoval. Sandoval. And uh, he was in. Uh, speaking of soaps that I watch, he was in the uh, relatively recent reboot of Dallas, and I foolishly typed in Dallas twenty twelve villain, and J.R. Ewing popped up because, of course, it's that guy. Yeah, of course. He's, but he is a Mexican drug lord in that and, and lots of other. It's like uh, the guy who played Dr. Bashir ended up only playing terrorists for a while. It's kind of those uh, terrible, like vaguely racist uh, typecasting things. Yeah, he this dude plays is, drug lords. This dude has been in a bunch of shit I've seen and I still don't oh, recognize yeah. him. Because uh, he's a character actor. He's yeah. one of those guys who kind of fades into the background. Also, I typed, uh, what did I type? Um, Latin character actor. Plays a lot of villains, and I just got a wall of pictures of Danny Trejo. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. never mind. Yeah. 
I need some more specific information here, obviously. Anyway, they, they drew him to look like that guy. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like, I, Batman did this too, where they would pick sort of a specific guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, if this were a TV show or a movie, this is who I would cast. Yeah. We don't need the voice to sound like that, but it'd be cool if he looked like that. Well, and also it, like, it makes your characters a little bit more unique, you know? Yeah. You don't just have like run-of-the-mill... Yeah, like, you don't have like a like a Bruce Tim style character creator where you just swap out the eyes. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Uh, and this one is also a guy in a uh, Hawaiian shirt. There we mm-hmm. go. Nailed it. Right. Um. What else? Uh. What else? Let's see here. Oh. Uh, well, looking at your notes, where's my? There was a notes? bit. Uh. There was a bit where Zeta turns himself into the. Uh, drug lord. I keep saying drug lord. Sorry. The uh, criminals. Uh, cute daughter, you know, that trope of like mm-hmm. the powerful man has the sexy daughter that he can't quite, uh, you know, keep in the compound all the sure. time. Sure. And, um, and, and, uh, Bucky goes, huh? You turned into a cute girl? Like you turned him into a ballerina last episode, like, dude. What, what, what is wrong with you? But, well, I don't have yeah. that kind of time right now. Uh, but, uh... Yeah. Yeah. No, looking at your notes, it just says things like, I fucking hate Bucky. Mm hmm. And so forth. Just every time he did or said or did anything. Uh-huh. Said, done, or eaten? Yep. Everything he's ever said, done, or eaten, I hate it. Yep. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, when they're in the airport, they pass a airline called Moose Air, which is incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, I got nothing else, but uh, that was extremely funny to me. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Maybe they're making fun of Canada. Take that, Canada. Well, we deserve it. No, you don't. You're right, we don't. <laughs> You're darn right. Uh, but the fact that you think you do is very Canadian. No, sh- yep. Sorry. Excuse uh, me. Sorry. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, no. I've got a note here that says Bucky is the scientific definition of the DreamWorks smirk, and I never want to stop punching him. Mm, that is completely fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you have a quote for us? I do have a quote. This is a great line from Zeta. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm looking for Roland de Flores, also known as the Merchant of Death. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it caught me off guard. Like, I get real sick of his, um, his whole, like, uh, season one of Next Gen Data. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, doesn't understand basic expressions, doesn't understand simple metaphors. But every now and then his naivete when it comes to things like stepping off a plane and asking people if they've seen the Merchant of Death. Excuse me, have you seen the Merchant of Death? That just seems funny to me. I don't know why that they're different, but they absolutely are. It's also there's a scene in the next episode where Zeta's like, "Ah, yes, to chill." I'm like, "All right, we 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 did all this. Like, mm-hmm. knock it off. You've been but hanging then, out with this girl forever." In fairness, he says to chill and immediately knows what it means. He mm-hmm. doesn't then list the thesaurus five definitions for it. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Oh, to chill, like you are doing." Mm-hmm. Okay, I will also chill, mm-hmm. going into chill mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, because he I mean, snores. That's- that's more of a Crichton thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Smoke okay. mode. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I think that is it. Well, then let's go westbound. Westbound down, loaded up and trucking. Are you done? We gonna do what they say can't be done. We got a long way to go and a short time to get here. Eastbound down now. Watch old bandit run. That's all I know. Okay. That's far too much. Do we not have to pay copy right now? Uh, <laughs> we don't have to pay anyone. Good. <laughs> okay. So 
Roe and Z are running from Bennett. It's Bennett! Run! The credits remind us. And cleverly escaping on a blimp, disguising themselves as Flex Mentallo and Flex Mentallo's best friend, a beach ball. <laughs> this episode opened with a field of waving wheat, says Zeta. The animators seem especially impressed with that wheat, so we should probably follow it. So they cut through the train station, where I happen to notice voice acting Hall of Famer Frank Welker is one of the voices on the PA. Remember that, it will come up later. And jump on a train headed, well, I said, toward wheat. Hooray! They've successfully managed to shake all of the NSA guys except West. You know, the idiot who sent me into a laughing fit last week by removing his bazooka whilst dangling a hundred feet in the air. Well, avoiding that guy shouldn't be a problem at all unless uh, something else goes wrong with this trip. Something like, say, Zeta losing control of his morpho-whatever, the thing what makes him look like other things, every time a train, the train passes a transformer. I know there's a certain segment of our audience that expects me to make a reference here, but I simply refuse. So now the game is afoot as Zeta continues uncontrollably turning into various people and objects he <laughs> happens to pass in the train, while West follows somewhat closely behind, essentially calling out, Has anyone seen the Joker? <laughs> Somehow this works, because he eventually corners our heroes in the animal car, where Zeta promptly obeys the established rules of his ongoing malfunction, the basic rules of comedy, and provides us with a delightful callback. By which I mean he takes the form of a human with the head of a dog. Latin name, Chompus Caninus. <laughs> also, the presence of the actual dog completely justifies my earlier Frank Welker spotting. Because, I mean, come on! It's a cartoon in the early 2000s and it features a dog. I mean, I guess you could call Tress McNeil if it's a lady dog who's concerned about her baby. <laughs> but otherwise, you call the man with a throat like a zoo himself. Oh, I... Seem to have wandered off on a weird sidetrack about voice acting and completely lost track of the plot I'm supposed to be summarizing here. How very out of character of me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you know how this ends. West fucks up and the good guys get away. Also, there's a whole character thread about how Zeta needs to take time to relax and have fun. Like, that's even a thing. He even stops to literally smell the roses. And I can tell this is a made-up fantasy story because he actually enjoys it. Whereas I can tell you from my own personal experience that stopping to smell the roses is just a big waste of time. They smell like roses. And now you've stopped whatever it is you're doing to try to smell them. Pointless. Oh, and then we get our semi-regular postscript where Zeta and Ro look at an envelope and remark on the fact that it's an envelope. Also pointless. The joke in that one where it was like, what did they use this for? To deliver mail. That's stupid. Is like, look, none of these have been great. Yeah. But like, I get that you're trying to tell jokes. This is just like, look, an envelope. Huh. The weird thing is, this is the first episode Amanda watched with me. She uh, hasn't really been available to, to watch any of these. Mm. And she really likes that bit. And oh. this is the first example of it she saw. And she's like, yeah, I think it's good. All right. Which is, I don't, I will have her on for a pair of these. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear her defense of it because I don't get it. Baffling, but you know. like while While I'm quoting people that I live with, let me just point out. A thing that uh, Tilo, who will be on the show next week, yes, actually said out loud while we were watching this. Mm -hmm. I like it when dogs bite people. <laughs> Did not take that out of context. That is what she meant. Oh God! Oh my God! Bit, there's a bit where the train is in further danger, and Ro has to rescue the dog, and and Tilo really wanted the dog to bite Ro, and she likes Ro. Because she likes it when dogs bite people. I like it when dogs bite people. That's what she said. And, and I was like, I'm going to write that down, but people are going to think I'm taking you out of context to be mean to you. Mm -hmm. and that is what she meant. I clarified, yeah, no. just to be sure. She likes it. Yeah. When dogs bite people. Yes. All right. So if you want to, if you can remember to next week, which I probably won't. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you will either. But if if we manage to, we got to we gotta grill her on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, T, what, what, what do you like again? 
Mm-hmm. Like specifically dog. when dog dogs related. do something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of uh, when dogs bite people. Yes. Uh, this is my good thing for this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's the point uh, you mentioned where Zeta's head turns into a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he does that and Wes does a girlish scream that is so fucking funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like it really just, it's got like, if I had the subtitles on, it would li- it would just say girlish scream. It's a perfect, it's like the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Those forget the thing is like uh, Michael Rosenbaum is a good voice actor. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job with a very stupid character, but and I know you don't like him, and I know that's your bad thing, and we'll get into that as soon yep. as I finish this this small uh, thought here. I Mostly his idiocy amuses me, and I think it's because of the performance. I think it's because he's playing it for comedy and not, oh, God, how could this guy be so stupid? <laughs> but I know you don't like him, so let's get I, into that. Dude, I was watching this, and I had the thought, West might be dumber than Dana, mm-hmm. and he's not as delightfully endearing to me as Dana is. He's just dumb and annoying, and I hate him. Well... First of all, Dana wasn't a villain. No, that's or true. At least an antagonist. At best, she was an obstacle. There, but there's... she's also not in any position of competence. They haven't issued Dana a weapon. <sighs> I would watch that episode, though. Oh, I mean, I... I would have to because we do a show about it. But uh... but like if yeah, if Dana somehow got in the the bat suit and had access to all of Terry's various weapons, <laughs> Kurtwood Smith fires West and hires Dana to to stop uh, Zeta. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem there is that Laura and Tom would then be both agents. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who's Zeta? Where's Terry? Mm-hmm. Shut up and eat your chili. Oh. But, I mean, the, the, my point is, I, I yeah, and, like, it's funny to, to think about that. But, really, the, the reason West is worse is because they've given him some power. Well, that's the thing. And, like, he's got that, like... That, like, I've earned this, I am a very important NSA agent, and it's like, I saw you steal that bottle of shampoo in the hotel, you little shit. Like- I loved that. That was such <laughs> a nice little detail where they're, they're, they're like, combing the, well, combing, the uh, the hotel looking for, for Zeta and Roe, and he just slips a bottle from the maid cart in his pocket. This is way nicer than the stuff I have at home. Yeah. They don't pay me enough for good shampoo. <laughs> I don't know why they pay you at all. Mm-hmm. I, he's got to be Kurtwood Smith's nephew or something, right? I don't know. I Mal mean, was talk- watching this movie yesterday, and she's like, he's somebody's importance net. Like, he's related to the president or something, right? Well, I mean, we've talked about how he's supposed to be a descendant of the Flash. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Flash became president, or maybe just his general connection to the Justice League is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we I- want we want to keep those guys happy. They're in an orbiting death ray. I'm the Flash's nephew. Oh, well, you'll work here forever. Mm-hmm. He's, um... He's uh he's the Tim Universe's version of uh Jonah from from Veep. Oh god, yes he is. Just uh just keeps failing upward until he's president. Mhm. And then what's his face comes in and calls him an idiot. Mhm. But there's so many moments in this that I genuinely find amusing. Like he's going around literally jabbing his finger into people and saying, "Are you a robot? Are you a robot?" <laughs> don't don't worry, I'm a secret NSA yeah, that's- agent. Right, that's what he follows it all up with. Is that it's all right, I'm a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Ah, I enjoy that. And actually, my quote as well, which is mm-hmm. here's a good place as any, is uh, is is a, an exchange with um, with Lookout, it's Bennett, uh, yep. which, which also made me laugh. Look outside, West. How many agents do you see surrounding the train? Uh, zero. Like, legitimately, that, that delivery mm-hmm. got me. Uh, zero. 
I know the answer. Very good. Uh-huh. All right, I want you to look around. Mm-hmm. Do you see your hand? Yes. All right, I want you to hit yourself in the face with it. Okay. Smack. Ow, why'd I do that? <laughs> um, but my bad thing. Yes. For an episode titled after him, like it's clearly supposed to be about him. Mm-hmm. He just kind of stopped being a driving force in it about halfway through. Well, they lock him in a Murphy bed for a while. Right. And look, the whole thing is about evading him. But mm-hmm. he spends about a third of the episode unconscious. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, what could have been an interesting thing was, yes, he is an idiot. But any anytime you have a character like that, you do an episode that shows what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And it could have been an interesting thing to show with the other agents. And maybe he's not good with, like, maybe he's not good with people. But maybe sure. he's got really good detective skills to suss out where, where Zeta is or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like we talked about this when we covered Deep Space Nine on the Star Trek show. Rom. Mm-hmm. Like, Rom mostly came off as just, oh, duh, duh, duh. But then they were like, oh, but he's also actually an engineering genius. Yeah. And for, there's a sweet spot that's like three episodes. Mm-hmm. But there are three amazing episodes where he invents one of the coolest things in Star Trek history. Yeah. Like, they, they nailed it. And that's what they should have done with West is like, yeah, here's why he's an agent. He's he is very dumb, but also he's real good at this one thing that makes him useful. The the thing is that like since he's not, he comes off as like like a cartoon minion. Yeah, well, and which, that's what he's supposed to be because this kid this show's more kid oriented, right? But it, he he doesn't fit in with the rest. Like the rest yeah. of the NSA is like really threatening and like, like and that might be that might be the logic of it. Mm-hmm. Is look, these guys are real menacing. We need someone to lighten it up. And, like, there's a bit at the end where, like, he meets up with uh, his partner, uh, whose mm-hmm. name I can't remember, but who is Lauren Tom. Agent Lauren Tom. Right? Yes. And she's got, like, this sort of, oh, West. And, like, there's no reason for her to, be to like, find him endearing, you know? Yeah. Like, you guys need to set that up if you're going to do it. Mm. You're right. But as a counter argument, mm-hmm. I present The X-Files. That's fair. Scully's that, got no reason to find Mulder endearing or to defend him or mm-hmm. to cover his ass, but she did it all the time. Right. But <laughs> also they spent time setting that up. Like, well, that's true. There's none of the, like these two have barely interacted with each other and they're supposed to be partners, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. And in the first episode we saw she kind of has to suffer him and doesn't mm-hmm. really like him very much. Like the way to do this is maybe like we take Bennett out of it for, for a bit and have yeah. like the just the two of them sort of on their own. Well, I would like, love to know what her deal is. Like, exactly. Like, okay, he's the dumb one, so she's the competent one, but she needs more character than that. Yeah. Like, does her job well enough to not get fired is not enough. I mean, you know, if you work with West, like, you're always yeah. going to come off looking pretty good. I guess that's the bar. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's why she wants to keep working with West, because, like, she's an average agent, but it uh, makes her look amazing. I don't want to have to try too hard, you know? Yeah. She's a C student, but with him, she looks like B+. plus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh God! They're gonna promote me to with to have like a good partner, and then I'll actually have to do things. And yeah. Just, and look, I can. I'm capable of it. But oh boy, I don't want to. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, my good thing. Mm-hmm. There's a bit. So the the I would say the action sequences in both of these were kind of long. Oh yeah. And I like a good like like I was saying last week. I like a good sort of Supermanish sequence where like the hero does something big, like save a train. Mm-hmm. But it went on for a really long time. But uh, there's a point where Roe, having rescued the dog, is now a couple steps behind and is about to, like, crash with the rest of the train. And uh, 
uh, Zeta uses his go-go gadget arms, and usually that would be it. He grabs her, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But then she starts climbing the arm, like the telescoped arm, like a rope. And it's like, that is a great detail to show she's taking an active hand in her rescue and Mm -hmm. not just flailing her arms and waiting for the hero to come get her. She's like, he's doing his part, but she's doing the work too. And I don't know, it just, it made me happy. Well, one of the other things I liked about that was like, it looks like Zeta really straining to get her too. Like it doesn't just feel like his arms can basically just come out forever. Like he's Inspector yeah. Gadget, you know? Yeah. It's like this is as close as I can get. You need to make up the last couple feet. Also, you know? this is a moving train. And, yeah. You know, I have to keep it stable too. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, but it was good. Like that was a good bit in mm-hmm. the action sequence where it's like, yeah, Ro will do everything within her power. She's not just going to yeah. stand there and wait. And yeah. I, I like that. Also, save oh. the dog moment. Yes. Very important. Mm-hmm. Again, justifying the uh, presence of Frank Welker. Yep. What are you going to do, get an actual dog? Come on. <laughs> and also, some people like it when dogs bite people. <laughs> uh, there was a point where Zeta uh, disguises himself and Ro as um, a gentleman and a young woman of color. And mm-hmm. like, oh, this is this blackface? This makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. And I don't think, you know, look, I think they're just trying to be inclusive. And mm-hmm. in that sense, it's good. But there's a there's a whole minefield here. <laughs> so well, I mean, I, then again, Ro, like Ro would be the only one. Yeah. Because Zeta's not anything. Well, I guess assuming that his default appearance is white is racist on my part. It is. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. isn't his, like, standard boy mode, like, Asian? Like, I don't I, actually know. Am I, I crazy? I, well, I don't know. I mean, that's, I am, but, like, not about this. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, the Bruce Tim style and, and related yeah. styles don't really make that super clear. That is also true. We've had that issue before. Probably because they're trying not to be racist, but. They and they don't want to draw the standard stereotype features, mm. which is good, but it also means oh, hmm, we want you know it's it's like the the Harvey is Harvey Black thing, yeah. But Harvey. I always feel a little uncomfortable talking about this, but I feel like I should bring it up. We're so white. Mm-hmm. We're so white. Hey, look, we reviewed the entirety of Static Shock, so uh, you know we know what we're talking about, right? Oh my God, I'm still, getting off this call right now. We still don't. <laughs> this podcast is over. Uh-huh. Oh, there's another there's another West moment that amused me mm. when he was knocked out and he was just sort of starting to come to. They gave him the um, the bit in Star Trek Four where Chekhov goes, Chekhov, Pavel, rank admiral. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed this, too. Where West is like uh, uh, President West, God Emperor West. <laughs> he wakes up. He, he, he calls himself vice president. And I'm just like, West, you'll make vice president for this. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I'm overstating it because, yeah, his uh, his bar is set a little lower than that. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't want to work too hard. Perhaps one day maybe I will be vice president. Mm-hmm. As, as we know uh, from Veep, a show you just referenced. Yep. Not much to that job. No. Not much expected of you. Well, apparently all he really needs to do is invite Bennett over for dinner, so. Mm-hmm. Sue, has Bennett called? <laughs> okay, what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. I have the note here. They should have called this episode Dangers on a Train. <clears throat> that would be very good. Mm-hmm. Westbound's not bad, actually. Yeah, no. All it, things if considered. It featured, if it featured more West, it would be perfect. But, yeah. uh, but oh, mm, except then it wouldn't be for other reasons for you. Mm, true. I actually liked this episode, though. Like, broadly speaking, I, 
there's something about a story on a train because it's sort of a you're stuck in one location, but also you're not stuck in one location. Mm-hmm. You get sort of the best of both. There's inherent danger of if if anything bad happens to the train, you're also stuck with sort of the same strangers. So you have an opportunity to create sort of colorful characters around you. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying every show that does an episode on a train is a, is a guaranteed hit for me, but usually I kind of like that. as a I, I absolutely will at the very least go, oh, set on a train, you say. It, just, it gives them an opportunity to do some unusual stuff while at the same time doing mm. some tropey stuff. And I, it's, it's kind of the good mix for me. And yeah, these it's guys good... being on the run means they're mm-hmm. on a train all the time. Exactly. It's a good setting for uh, a uh, always moving on to the next town style right. show, too. But also the the fact that you're stuck with the same 20 people means mm-hmm. you get the advantages of uh, like your sort of quirky small town thing, too, because some of the people on this train were fucking weirdos. I mean, some of the people on this train were uh, off this train were also fucking weirdos. Uh, th- this is true. Can I? Um, oh, please. <laughs> there's a bit where uh, uh, so Zayn is doing that thing where he's changing into a bunch of different people, basically. Yeah. And at one point he changes into a naked elderly wo- or like a naked elderly woman wrapped in a towel. Mm-hmm. And Ro goes, where did you see that? And he goes, I looked out the window. And she mm-hmm. goes, oh, mm hmm. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that uh, two different people on the train were Biff, Thomas yep. F. Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, for no reason. Like, usually that guy has a good enough and a distinctive enough voice that you give him, you know, he's the villain this time yeah. or whatever. No, he's the bully boyfriend who th- thinks that Zeta's like trying to pick up his girl or whatever. Yep. I don't know. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, What else? What else? There's a bit where uh, I have the note here where, like, I'm predicting, like, oh, Zeta's going to turn into West. West will see himself, think that he's drowning, and then die. Uh, uh, and then that all that basically happens when West faints from seeing himself. Oh, uh, that's true. Okay. Anything else? I like Rose green hair from the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah, they're doing a thing. And they're just doing it for fun. Yeah. I thought they were, t- like, sort of doing what I was suggesting last episode, where they need to, like, up their game on, on Rose casual mm-hmm. disguises. But, no, he's just putting silly hats on each of them to yeah. for, for laughs. Why are we doing this? I'm awesome. bored. Uh-huh. Look, do you want to talk about an envelope again? This is more fun than that. Mm-hmm. You have an unlimited credit card. You could be having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of discreet fun you can have with an unlimited credit card. Like, okay, maybe you shouldn't go to an amusement park, but you could do a lot of other cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You could order a billion pizzas. Yes, and have them delivered to West. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember ordering them, but they're here, so. I guess I better start eating. Tucks mm-hmm. a napkin into his uh, <laughs> shirt. Picks up a, sh- a knife and fork. Be a shame if they went to waste, though. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? I think that might be it. Okay. Uh, I'm still not a fan of uh, uptight characters being expected to relax if I hadn't got that point across. Mm, Sorry, I didn't pick up on that, Al. Yeah, I know. It was a constant thread through Star Trek, and I fucking hate it. Some people, if they stop, stay stopped. Yeah. Some people shouldn't relax. I've been relaxing for the last three years, and I'm hardly releasing any projects, and that's why. Anyway. But you should smell some goddamn roses. Smell you, smell the roses, Al. Oh, they just smell like roses. It's a total waste of time. Maybe it's just that, like, it's nice to have smells. <sighs> just fine. enjoy some smells sometimes. Look, I live with someone who has a library of, of lovely scents that she puts into soaps and things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, true. You know, 
Speaking of, that's uh, our next episode. As mm-hmm. I said, Tilo's going to be joining us. Uh, the episodes are called Hicksburg, which I assume is when they go to where I grew up, uh, and Shadows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably, probably the uh, return of Bucky, I would think. Yeah, uh, yeah. probably. Ah, thank you for... Uh, fuck yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You in specific, yes. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, in 20 years, someone's going to really hate this. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, you have edited the document now, so it says with T loves when dogs bite people. I mean, good. accurate. Mm-hmm. True. Okay, as ever, the website is kidslovebatman.com. If you want to write to us, uh, we will be doing another mail show surprisingly soon because yeah, the show's pretty short. Not a lot of this. Yeah, uh, kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. We always enjoy hearing from you, as you mm-hmm. heard a couple weeks ago. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we will be, we have already recorded, it just hasn't released yet, doing another, uh, we call them crossover episodes between two shows that no longer exist. It's, mm-hmm. it's us and uh, English and Irish Gav, who used to do uh, the Drunken Time Travel podcast. Uh, and this year we will, in fact, I'm going to say this now because it drops in a week. So mm. uh, I've teased it long enough. We are reviewing a thing that Maggie chose for us. Alf's special Christmas. Yep. Boy, is it terrible. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. You want to hear three three grown men and one grown woman get very angry about a puppet? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got an hour of uh, of delight for you. So that is, for those of you who listen to the Post-Atomic Horror, it's on that feed. For those of you who didn't, just go to postatomichorror.com and, and the feed is right there. Or you can mm-hmm. just download the episode itself. Um, but that'll be dropping Christmas Day. So uh, basically the only wait on that now is uh, I, I asked Vishal to, to do some ALF art and I'm very excited to see oh, that. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. And and I, I told him we didn't need it till Christmas. So that's on me. Mm. Um. But, uh, oh, uh, we're on Twitter for now until until we're not, I guess. Yeah, I I'm guess. At Algar. I'm at, at Maggie Robots. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala West. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.